Welcome to the Full Potential Podcast. I am your host, Nick Wagner Sr. And every week, I interview guests that share career stories, ideas, and experiences to empower and inspire people to reach their full potential. If you enjoy the episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. Kyle Wiley, welcome to the Full Potential Podcast. If you want to share a little bit about who you are, uh, we, we'll start there and then we'll jump into hearing all about your career journey. Awesome. Well, uh, first of all, Nick, thank you for having me. And uh, it's an honor to be you know, your last guest until uh, the end of next month. Uh, so a little bit about me. Uh, I am uh, an, an HR professional that is uh, passionate about the power of connection. I have experience um, in th- throughout different industries in both the government as well as the uh, uh, private uh, private sector. Yeah, and and you know, uh, we in HR could probably talk and share stories for quite some time because um, it's it's an interesting field, and we're going to talk about that because you know I I'm going I'm just going to go out on a limb here and guess that when you were a little Kyle, you didn't want to be an HR professional when you grew up, but we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think, but but to your point, you know, I and I, I know, you know. You, you've been doing HR for quite some time now. I, I love it because I get to help people. That's why I, I like being in HR. Um, and I'm sure we'll hear a little bit about that from you as well. So let's let's actually start, let's start the journey, Kyle. And I wanna go back, right? Cause I always like to start okay. with guests and hear, I love to hear what people wanted to do when they were a little kid, when they grew up, right? Cause I'm just fascinated. Like, like I wanted to be an architect cause I love Legos. That was like my dream yep. did not come true, but I love Legos, still love them today. What, when you were growing up as a kid, right, was elementary school or middle school, high school, what, what did you want to do when you grew up? Did you want to be in HR or was it something different? No, so as you alluded to, Nick, uh, I did not, as a young Kyle, want to be in human resources. I did not know what HR was at the time. Um, I had a di- couple of different, uh, you know, career aspirations. At one point, I wanted to be an actor, you know, a doctor, a lawyer. Uh, but for the most part, I was a very curious kid. I was at a really keen interest in science, um, and I remember just you know um, having a microscope a telescope uh i'm i'm in the middle of five kids of, of five siblings so wow uh, my youngest sibling is 12 years younger than me so when i was in seventh grade when my mom uh was pregnant with with my baby sister she provided me with um, a medical journal because i had so many questions this, and this was obviously pre-google you know yeah. be, be before internet was at the tip at, at your fingertips so she gave me a medical journal that that almost like the, you know, encyclopedia that I would, you know, just pour through and, you know, that really sparked, you know, my uh, interest in just learning and, and growing and whatnot. Wow. So one of five, five siblings, that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of kids in one house. You're uh, that, that, that must've been interesting, especially with that, with that age gap, right? Because I mean, you're, uh, you know, I grew up with only one brother who was three years younger than me. So we were pretty close together. What, how, how much older was your, your your older siblings compared to you yeah so um it was it was almost almost a 10 year 10 wow. 10 year gap so so that i have my two older brothers and you know i think as everyone knows the middle child is always the the best uh you know part, and part of the reason why right nick is because uh we have to we have the the, uh, the best of both and we're uh the ones who are the most even keeled and balanced and i do feel like that um even in the, in the household, I developed a skill set that has served me well in my career of being someone who's been able to just almost be a cultural chameleon and just be able to assess and uh, integrate myself really easily and, and make connections quickly. I'm, I'm going to guess as the middle of five, you 
probably had to do a lot of negotiation and, and solve a lot of problems, which I'm sure comes in handy in your career in HR. So it's interesting how uh, our, our life growing up affects how we end up working in our role, in, in our roles and in our, in our jobs. And, I, and I'll say this, you, you could still be an actor, right? I think you said you yeah. mentioned, you, you know, they, that, those are, that's definitely still in the cards, right? I mean, that's like, right. Oh. You know, you're on a you're on a podcast now. It's not quite listen, anything, but look, you know. Listen, Nick, Morgan Freeman started uh, in in his later years in life, so I'm I'm, I'm not giving up my hopes. There you go. So 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 you didn't end up becoming a scientist, even though you had a huge interest in in, in science. Uh, was you know? So let's let's talk about this. Was the expectation in the Wiley household that you went to school after you went you went to either community college or four year college or technical college or was that something that you decided? Tell us about that, uh, how that decision happened. Yeah, you know, we, we're a, a relatively close-knit family. Um, I can't recall if, we, if, if they gave me the direct expectation, like, how oh, you have to go to college, but um, they always had high expectations. I was always pushed to, you know, do, do more uh, and, be, and be more of myself, and they taught me to strive for that. Uh, we grew up in, you know, uh, you know a work, working-class, you know, neighborhood uh, in northern New Jersey, uh, Jersey City. And, uh, you know, where we lacked on income, we, we had in, in values and love. I grew up in the church um, and, and really those values also in terms of service and um, that, that altruism was really embedded in me um, at, at an early age. But, you know, certainly uh, when I uh, in, in, in high school, uh, I went to public school pretty much the majority from first to eighth grade. And then I ended up going to uh, a an all boys prep school called St. Peter's Prep. It's a a Jesuit school in Jersey City, and um, the chance of me going there from the neighborhood that I grew up in was very low. So, um, you know, I was able to test in and get accepted. And I think that, you know, just being in that environment, plus, you know, having a family that pushed me to strive for my best, even though that there were struggles for those four years, uh, definitely set me up to, you know, see college as as the end game. Yeah, no, and I, and I asked that question because I have I I've had. A, an amazing amount of guests who've gone to college and had great careers. And I've also had an amazing amount of guests that never went to college and had great That's careers. That's right. Right. So, so it's really, it's really a mix. And I just like to share that because, you know, I think, I think the days of, this is my opinion, the days where you have, you have like counselors in high school telling kids that you have to go to college, you have to go to college, you have to go to college. You know, I'm seeing less and less of that and saying like, you don't have to go to a four-year college. You have to do, you know, we, we, we want you to do additional education, but it's got to be right for what you want to do, right? It could be a That's right. college. It could be a community college. It could be going to get a certification in in name name the field, right? So um, so no, I, I appreciate you sharing that. So how did you, you you're from Jersey, but you yep. ended up going to Southern Connecticut State University. So how That's did right. you end up, how did you end up at, 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 at Southern? And you went for Bachelor of Science in Finance, which is That's not right. related to anything medical. So how, how did this happen? Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the main reasons, uh, so one of the, 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 the main activities that I did in, in high school was uh, uh, football. That was something that as a, as, a, as a kid, I was very passionate about. And uh, I was, you know, long story short, I was, I was recruited. Uh, I did have, uh, you know, a few different colleges that I was um, considering and ultimately chose uh, Southern uh, for, you know, a few, a few different reasons. And um, I ended up, not playing the full four years, but, you know, Connecticut ended up becoming my home. And, uh, and honestly, part of the reason why uh, I chose finance was tied to my ambition to, 
be successful and to again make make more of myself. I, I kind of looked across. You know, I, I knew I wanted to work. You know, do something in the business field, and I, you know, almost. You know, I look back on this now and kind of laugh, but I chose finance because you know I, it seemed like the 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 best way to make the most money. Uh, and you know, I, I ended up um, you know uh, pursuing that field uh, throughout the, the the four years of my time there. Well, I will say this, uh, you know, being comfortable with finance, no matter if you're in HR like us or if you're in marketing or if you're in technology, it, it really helps no matter what field you're in. Because, I mean, you know this, right? A lot of people do not like finances and do not That's like right. math. So if you can be comfortable, I actually do, I do think it gives you a competitive advantage. So I, li I like the way you thought there. And, and uh, you know, I just I, I want to ask this because I think uh, this, I think, is probably underappreciated. Being a student athlete is extremely demanding um, because the expectations of you as an athlete, and then what you have to also do with school on top of that. I mean, any 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 quick thoughts on and what that was like? Yeah, you know, I one one of the things that our that that our coach at the time, uh, you know, embedded in us, you know, within that even the, that that first year is that you know at the end of your four years, um, if all you can say that is that you were a football player then, you know, you weren't successful. You know, you, you want to use this as an opportunity to expand your uh, skill sets and, you know, get the education so that, you know, be, you have a life beyond football. So, um, you know, I, I think if you're are, if you are aspiring to be a student athlete, you definitely want to think about, you know, the bigger picture and ask questions about, okay, well, besides the sport, what else is the school giving me? How are they going to, um, you know, most people are, have the aspiration to be professionally, but you should also be practical and think about that plan B and, um, you know, think about life after that sport and, you know, which uh, environment is going to set you up to be the most successful, whether it is professional or, um, you know, after. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And I love how your coach was, was upfront and honest with everyone about that really from the beginning. I mean, I think that's way to set right. the tone. Uh, so, so you went to school for finance. I know you eventually got your um, your master's in, in human resources management. Did you go work before you got your master's? But like, or, or did you go right from getting your your undergrad to your to your uh, your yeah. master's degree? Yeah. So I mean, even before college, I had you know my first job was working in Rite Aid. I was used to working uh, even while being uh, uh, you know prior to college. I I worked. Um, so I want to clarify, I was on a partial scholarship. So um, I worked while I was in in college. I uh, I was an RA. Uh, I worked part time at the, at the desk in the dorms. I also worked at the library uh, while I was a student athlete. And then towards my senior year, when I was not playing football, I got one of my first um, you know uh, bigger bigger jobs working in working in T-Mobile. So uh, you know I definitely uh, you know uh, continued to work uh, you know throughout that time. Uh, and you know when I got my degree. Uh, I, you know, the first, actually, you know, the first job that I got was working as a uh, financial advisor uh, for, you know, a small company, I, you know, because I, you know, wanted to, one of the things that I knew that I was, you know, good at was making connections, building relationships, you know, being, being social. And I wanted to, you know, segue that into, uh, you know, a career that could, you know, set me up for, you know, uh, long-term success. The only problem though, Nick, is that I graduated in 2008. 
2008, as many people know, was yes. one of the largest uh, financial crashes that the uh, world, not just the country, has ever, has ever seen. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't uh, as successful as I was hoping to be, right, um, when you know, I'm this like 20, 21 year old kid are uh, going door to door, having conversations with families and um, uh, near retirees, you know, you know, and, and I had a hard time convincing them that I was the person that was going to help them, you know, stop the bleeding from their funds. Right. So, um, you know, that was um, although it was a, uh, a field that I enjoyed and had some passion around, uh, I, I knew at the time that, you know, it was I, I needed to look for something else to you know, uh, uh, sustain myself. Yeah, I mean, that was was a difficult time, as you mentioned, for so many people, uh, especially those people that were just graduating, like from school or just trying to find their an internship. I mean, it was just it was uh, it was a tough it was a tough job market, as you mentioned. So you ended up making the you ended up making the move to Citibank um, and, and worked there for a good amount of time as a payroll specialist. So is you know, in, in a payroll specialist, you know, as the HR guy, right, make yep. sounds like an HR role with a financial lens. So is, is right. was that was that like your first introduction to HR, but but able to leverage your financial acumen at the same time? Yeah, that that's exactly right. And I was able to. So at the, as I mentioned, I was um, you know looking for another opportunity, a way that I can. Um, you know, uh, get a W-2 because I was a, a independent contractor uh, and I had a friend. Uh, that worked for Citigroup in a payroll capacity, and they were looking for for, for people. So I ended up, you know, um, they, I ended up getting a referral uh, just through my network and uh, starting there. And my background in finance certainly did help. And yeah. you know, it, we we worked in in the department that I worked in. We supported the entire. Um, uh, city group of North, within North America. So, you know, we fielded a lot of inquiries and questions and, um, you know, had to have that financial background, but we worked in partnership with many uh, HR generalists um, and, you know, working with them, building that network, and then even con- having a connection with the HR generalists that supported our, you know, group really helped me to understand, okay, beyond, you know, what I'm looking at, uh, you know, that HR could be a you know viable career option that could allow me to again you know leverage the things that i'm good at that i'm passionate about helping people building connections uh and and have a career that i can be that i can be proud of and 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 i and i want to also mention that you know a a parallel timeline of this happening uh i you know i i when i was working as a financial advisor uh my my fiance at the time who's now my wife was pregnant with our first child so that was one of the motivations that I had to, okay, I have to, you know, really, you know, buckle down and make sure that I have, you know, that I take care, take care of my family. And, um, you know, that, that at the same, you know, as I'm, you know, building and growing in my career in human resources, you know, I'm also starting my family. So, you know, those, those things, you know, I, 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 I think back on that time as, you know, very pivotal, uh, you know, point in my life. Yeah. And, and as, and as someone who has kids myself, I'll never forget Kyle, like people are tell you like, you know, once you're, once you find out that you're, you know, that you're having a baby or like once the baby's here, like your life totally changes and you're like, yeah, yeah, I believe you. I get it. Right. Yeah. But like, you don't really get it until it happens. Then you're like, oh, wow. And, and so I totally, I totally hear you. I actually think that payroll is probably when people think HR, I think people probably think payroll pretty commonly. They probably think of recruiting, like hiring people and they probably think of firing people. I think those are probably the three most 
I think when That's I tell right. people I'm in HR, they're like, well, do you fire and hire people? Or do you, you know, like, I think you know, those are common questions I get asked. So, so, you know, I think, I think payroll is obviously one of those things I think a lot of people are, are, are familiar with. You went from, the interesting thing is like, you were, you were Citigroup for almost four years. So, you know, obviously you got a lot of great experience there. That's um, right. And that was your intro to HR. But then it, it, what, what I thought was really interesting about your background is then you took, a, 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 I think, a very different career, I think, move and went from a public company to the state of Connecticut, right? So to an actually to a That's government right. job. So, um, so tell me a little bit about like how you ended up going to the, the, the public sector, right? And going to a government, to a government role and a little bit about, cause I've never worked in for, for like the state or a town or the federal government, how different is working for say the state of Connecticut versus a private company? Sure. So, you know, in terms of how I, you know, got there after about three and a half, four, four years working uh, for Citigroup, I was ready for, you know, more challenges. I was ready to grow. And at the time, you know, the organization just really didn't have uh, a, a next level role that was right for me. So I was, you know, certainly looking to expand my horizons. Uh, I did have, have a, uh, a former colleague who I worked with at Citigroup who ended up going over to the state and, you know, shared with me uh, the process, which at the time, I think it might have changed actually where, you know, most of the jobs that you would have to, you know, take with the state uh, required you to test in. Uh, they, they would have an exam for, you know, many of the uh, pay, uh, many of the, the uh, state positions. So, um, you know, I kept an eye out for, you know, a payroll based role and ended up taking the exam. Um, and once you take the exam, then you're eligible to post uh, to apply for any job postings uh, for that particular position. So I, I applied I for a few that. different ones, payroll, uh, yeah, a payroll examiner, you know, payroll officer, and I ended up work, uh, uh, to, you know, took the exam as a payroll clerk. And um, there, the, the, the role which uh, that I uh, applied for and ultimately uh, earned was for the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services um, as, a, as a payroll clerk. And um, you know, that was that was definitely a different experience. I think uh, with the government sector, you know, one of the biggest, I, I think, differences is tied to, uh, you know, uh, the, the goal, right? You know, what is the goal of, of an organization, right? Uh, the majority of uh, public, you know, public trading organizations is to maximize the, uh, shareholder value, right? Create profit, make money, uh, where with the government sector, it's, it's a little bit more altruistic. Um, right. You know, there, there may be some, uh, you know, uh, efficiencies and, you know, money that might be made, but that's not really the ultimate goal. They're there as a service. Uh, it's a little bit more altruistic um, in service to uh, the people of that municipality, the state, the, uh, you know, country. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, there, there are some similarities, but I think that 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 difference, you know, definitely, um, you know, there's there's. There's in, in some some respects there's a pride there that you're you know being you're part of an organization that's helping people and particularly for Demas that really was pivotal for me in particular because I gained um, a, a, a whole new appreciation uh, for mental health and the stigma around it and the people that work every day to help uh, the individuals that go through things and that. And working with the employees who supported those people, which is the state of Connecticut, like all of us, right, our families, our friends, uh, carried into how I uh, manage and, and my style of being an HR partner and supporting uh, employees with that mental health, you know, understanding. And I actually, you know, ended up 
later on getting uh, a mental health first aid certification with, with Cigna. Uh, you know, given given that given that passion, but you know, a lot a lot of that. Um, so that was one, and then also there's you know some of the tr traditional. You know, there's a lot a lot more labor, uh, you know, union, uh, a lot a lot more longevity. You don't have to. Uh, where most public, most uh, traded organ, uh, non-government organizations, uh, you know, turnover, things like that are are you know really critical. It's really the opposite. You know, people stay and stay for a long time because of the you know the benefits and you know all all that good stuff. And um, they they don't have to really worry as much about um, about about turnover. Um, but then it you know that's 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 a whole other thing. And then there's also some of the bureaucracy um, which. You know, there's the you know the myth, which I think there are some truths to that. There's you know a lot of red tape and you know processes that I think uh, organization that's driven by profit would be more motivated to you know cut those efficiencies out. Where yeah. a lot of that stayed in from like 20, 30 years ago. We did this because this guy put this in place 15, 20, 30 years ago, and that's why we do it, right? Uh, that innovation piece is not. As much of a motivation, I, I, I would say, and um, but I know. But, but with that said, I, I want to just clarify that I know that that's been kind of an ongoing discussion, and you know that's you know been changing over over the years. Yeah, no, I I think I think that's some great, I think that's some great analysis of the difference between the private and the public sector. So I appreciate that, and it it was, and I and I love how you gained this appreciation for mental health based off of supporting that organization. So I think that's great. It, it see. It, this was the, I think, another pivotal point in your career because you made the the change from a payroll specialist to what they called a human resources assistant, which which I'm 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 going to make the 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 guess here that that was like a big change in the work that you were doing, and probably like really kind of propelled your career in HR, if I had to guess. Absolutely, and um, you know, some some organizations, you know, like you said, traditionally payroll is tied to human resources. Some, like the my last organization, Webster Bank payroll is uh, rolled up into finance, but um, uh, it was completely different. Uh, being an HR assistant really, you know, got me into uh, almost entry-level human resources, and I worked a lot with the HRIS systems and got a lot of exposure to, um, you know, different, you know, parts of the organization, um, you know, uh, different labor relations cases, um, and and we also did a lot of, a lot of the training and you know that really gave me um, a lot more um, exposure uh, to human resources, and further just deepened my resolve that you know this is a, this is a, a career path that I want to pursue. Uh, and just going back to some of the differences between the state and you know the the you know non government sector, there there was almost I, I don't want to say controversy, but um, it, it you know typically when it comes to progression, it's usually set in stone based on your your seniority, based right. on your position. Um, you know if you're this level in the union, you're going to be if you're like level one, you're going to be level two. If you're level two, you're going to be level three. So somebody coming in from the outside, getting to that level is usually unheard of. And you know the I'll, I'll you know long, long story short, you know me you know getting that opportunity um, was in part due to you know the connections that I made, uh, the work, the quality of work that that I did uh, as a payroll clerk, being the type of person that you know did all the jobs that no one else wanted to do, and just really making a name for myself. So when that role came out, I was actually contacted by one of the HR, the, the recruiting HR person, and they said, "Hey, you know, we had this rollout. Usually, you know, this a person like this would be in line, but I think you'd be a great fit." 
And, you know, I ended up interviewing for the role. Um, actually, when I was on briefing you know, on leave, to, when my second child was born, and I met with the head of HR, who, you know, also kind of said that, you know, typically we don't go this route, but, you know, we really see a potential in you. And, you know, we, we, you know, so talk to me about your processes and how you think you'd be able to come in and, you know, make a difference. So, um, you know, it, 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 in, in, in some ways I blazed a little bit of a trail of, you know, taking a, a non-conventional route because otherwise I, I probably would have just been in payroll. I could have stayed in that role for 20, 30 years and just retired, but I was, you know, continuing to climb uh, and, and I was a little bit more ambitious than that. Yeah, it's interesting, Kyle, you've now said on three different times that you got your next role through the connections that you had and had made. Um, so I just want to point that out for, for you know, anyone listening, because you, you nailed it, right? Like a lot of people underestimate the power of networking. And when you're trying to find your next opportunity, it's not just about going on a website and applying for a job. Usually it's it's through the connections that you have made and you, you, you just gave three examples of that. So I appreciate you sharing that because I, I can't I can't stress that enough to people, Kyle. I literally can't yeah. stress that enough. Um, so, so you became this human resources assistant with the mental health Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. Then you moved to the Department of Education in another whole totally different role. Right. So it looks like you did some recruiting there and, and more like, you know, learning and development type opportunities. So, again, yeah. just continuing to broaden your your hr knowledge but but then the cool thing is and again like you're you're, you're such a fascinating career journey you left the state which to your point is like almost unheard of because people are probably like oh my gosh why would you leave a state job yeah and you went and you went to webster bank and you were there for for five and a half years in a variety of roles so what was the reason that you left the state of connecticut and to go to webster bank and i'm going to guess it had something to do with someone you know <laughs> You know, there, there, there was an element of that. I, you know, so I was working as an HR associate. I was doing kind of a generalist type of role, recruiting some labor employee relations. Um, and it was during that time I decided that I wanted to continue to distinguish myself. Um, and, and I did that by uh, getting my master's. So I ended up uh, starting my journey of earning my master's degree at the UConn School of Business. And as I was learning about human resources, especially in the contemporary sense, well, HR as a current business partner, you know, a lot of our assignments were tied to, okay, well, go back to your organization and kind of look at, okay, well, you know, what are the processes that you're doing? How did it tie to the work? And I'm kind of looking and saying, you know what, I, you know, feel that, you know, I want to, you know, again, expand my horizons and, you know, uh, work for an organization. Um, where I can gain some more experiences and really kind of work in that business partner sense where, you know, culturally HR has that proverbial seat at the table. I, I had an amazing job. I worked with amazing people. The benefits were also great, right? I had two kids at the time. So, um, you know, when I decided to leave, people did think that I was crazy. Um, but it, it, I felt that it was the best for, I, I bet on myself and just, you know, um, you know, took that, uh, took took a chance, um, but I, I have to say this though. You know, one of the cool things about the about the about the HR program is that we we got exposure to a lot of different HR leaders. They would have guest guest speakers come in and you know talk about their journeys and and and, and whatnot. And one of the guest speakers was the CHRO of Webster Bank, 
Uh, he, he came in and talked about um, how he came from GE and you know implemented all these processes. And it was really amazing and uh, honestly, just, just, just very interesting uh, discussion that he had with, with all of us. And he left at the end of it an open invitation and said, hey, you know, we have some openings, you know, feel free to apply. So I took it upon myself to reach out to him and, you know, I just be, I introduced myself and said, hey, you know, I'm interested. I, I love what you were talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about HR. I'm trying to learn what I can. And I'm just on this journey of trying to understand and just, you know, build myself. Uh, you know, I'm what I, let's 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 connect. And, you know, he, he ended up uh, connecting me with the recruiter who shared the positions that were uh, available at the time. It was, it was a recruiting position um, that I wasn't quite interested in. And then also and then. Not long after that, an HR business partner role opened up. You know, I applied for that position. I ended up going through about five or six rounds of interviews with both HR partners, my colleagues, as well as um, the business partners that I would be working with and ended up earning that position. And, you know, that was definitely a very difficult um, uh, decision. You know, I, so I, I, I kind of did a Franklin T. You know, I had the, kind of the pros uh, leaving, uh, leaving the state, Staying with you know, staying with the state, right? And and ultimately, I like I said, I bet on myself. And um, even though I did give up those, um, you know, at, at the time anyway, amazing benefits uh, for myself and my family. I just felt that in the longer term, um, this would set me up to just gain experiences that would put me at another level. You know, I didn't want want that, you know, benefits and things like that to to to, to limit my my potential. So um, I ended up making that very difficult decision to, you know, move on. And, you know, that in itself was a journey because I'm, you know, my my last corporate experience was at more of an entry level. This was a little bit more senior. Right. So, you know, I'm coming into this to this culture where, you know, I'm kind of back in this environment that, you know, there's it's it's a different type of culture. It's banking, which I have, you know, even I worked for for Citigroup. It's different. It's it's a city. I I was working for, um, you know, a smaller, you know, regional bank. Uh, and the, uh, what I had to, what I struggled with the most in my development that I ended up overcoming is battling, navigating the gray. Uh, with the state, it was a little bit more cut and dry. You had these books, you know, th- they had contracts <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, and versus or versus this or that were very specific, you know, uh, types types of uh, would w- would help to guide you. And how you would manage, you know, a process or a situation or an employee situation where, you know, you had your policy, which was overarching at, at, you know, Webster at the enterprise level. But then, you know, you had to, you know, leverage your, you know, your judgment and your and your values and 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 help to, you know, navigate, you know, some very difficult uh, employee situations. And as a business partner, what's unique about Webster is that we also had oversight over um, employee relations. So. You know, I, you know, we, we did the strategy stuff, you know, the succession planning, talent management, performance, you know, um, solving that talent puzzle. How do you, you know, create an environment where people feel fulfilled and, you know, people want to work and don't want to leave, but also managing the end-to-end process of employer relations. So my background certainly helped, but it was definitely a, um, uh, a you know, a challenge to, you know, develop and, you know, grow and gain those skills. Can you just share with my audience what employer relations is for those that don't know? Yeah, sure. So, so I, I always like to emphasize the relationship. So, employee relations essentially is the uh, the the relationship between the the employee and you know manager in terms of um, you know most 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 commonly tied to 
the, the policies and procedures, the disciplinary process, uh, ensuring that you know things are not, don't don't just uh, align with the values of the organization, but also ensures that it you know you're following the the uh, you know you're, you're following the 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 law. So a lot, a lot of it had, you know, uh, most often you think about employee relations is basically the, the, the disciplinary process and just making sure that things are followed to the letter and that you're, you know, helping to ensure that the risk of, you know, any broader issues are minimized so that by ensuring that the managers are following uh, all the rules uh, of, of the processes to the letter. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and I also appreciate you, you know, kind of sharing a little bit about what you do as a human resources generalist or a human resources business partner. They're called different things in different companies. Yeah. Um, I, I like to call, I, I refer to them as like the quarterbacks of HR. Like usually everyone goes to the human resource business partner generalist for, for pretty much everything. And they're the ones that figure out if they need to bring someone else in to help. So that's right. Uh, you know, it sounds like you had, uh, you know, an amazing, you know, almost six years at Webster bank in a variety of roles supporting different organizations. And, and really, to your point, right? Like, just continue your 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 journey of learning HR from you know way back, starting from a, as a payroll specialist to now being a you know an HR an HR business partner. So, kudos to you on the journey. I know that you. I want I want to ask a little bit about your philanthropic work before yeah. before we jump off. I know you just took a new job at, at CVS Health, so I just want to congratulate you on that and Thank wish you the best. And I know I know uh, you literally just started, so. But any any advice for my 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 listeners when you're just starting a job? Any any anything you do, like really purposefully to make sure you're successful when you start a new job? Yeah. So there's a there's a couple of things. I, I would say one. You know, you definitely want to make sure that you don't be a wallflower. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you're you're getting out there and you're introducing yourself and you have an understanding of you know who everyone is and how um, they support the organization and how how they support you, and also equally important how you can support them. Uh, again, those relationships are you know really important, uh, as, uh, particularly as a newer employee. You know, not waiting for those intros to be made, but getting out there and not being afraid to, you know, make those yourself, which can be difficult, uh, particularly in a, um, in, in, in a virtual environment. Uh, I would also say that, you know, when you're thinking about being pur purposeful, you outline your, you know, you have a document, you know, you have a conversation with your manager to align expectations. You know, you probably asked this during the, during the, uh, during the interview, you know, what does success look like? You know, how's yeah, my, how's my, how's my role measured? But, yes. but, you know, when you actually get the job and you, and you sign the, the letter and you're there, I think you, it's important to revisit that question um, and, and really, you know, break it down in terms of time frame. You know, my first 30 days, what would you say, you know, how would you measure success? 45 days, 90 days. You know, etc., and um, you know, staying connected so that you're on the same page with your leader, the person that you know signs off on your reviews and your your you know is your is going to be ultimately your advocate for success. Uh, you know that you're aligned on with what they expect from you. I, I think that's such great advice. I love that question. Like, what does success look like? And to your point, aligning expectations, especially as a new employee with with your new manager, is critical. So, so I, I thank you for sharing that. So before we close, I want to ask about some volunteer and philanthropic work you do because you do quite a bit. And I just want, I want to get the sense that, you know, why do you do the philanthropic work that you do and maybe share, you know, one of the things that you're doing right now that you're really passionate about and, and, uh, and, and why it kind of lights you up. 
Sure. So I, I'll, a couple of things. One, I, I would say it's it's in my DNA. Um, it's, it's how it's how I grew up. I, I as as a young kid was was helping my my parents in the soup kitchens in our church, uh, taking care of of, of, of other people. Uh, in my high school, uh, as a working going for with uh, being at a Jesuit school, there's this uh, saying for Jesuits, uh, AMDG. It's uh, a, a Latin acronym, ad gloriam decorum, which means uh, being a man uh, for the greater glory and being a man for others. And we, and we learned about that and, and those values. And even if if you don't subscribe to religion, you know, being, um, you know, someone who is a man for others and a person for others is, I, I think, a great philosophy uh, to to uh, be a part of. So, you know, in addition to, you know, I've, I've you know, been on, been, been a big brother. I've done, you know, charities throughout, you know, my, my life. But um, two particular ones that I want to highlight uh, or, you know, maybe three for within HR is, you know, one that, that I helped to found, which is the National Association of African Americans in HR. It's a national chat. It's a national organization, but we founded the uh, state state chapter uh, here in Connecticut last year. And I'm also the direct co-director of DEI for HRACC, um, uh, which is a central state uh, SHRM chapter, and um, you know a, a couple a couple other things as well. But you know, part of the part of the reason uh, that really you know drove me more so than ever in the last year uh, were the events that took place uh, last year with uh, social justice and, you know, the murders of George Floyd and, and, and other other individuals that I was very, those events affected me deeply. And I've done a lot of uh, reflection on, you know, how, I, I think it, it's important that everyone looks at that and understands, uh, takes time to reflect on, you know, what difference, you know, can they make uh, in the world to ensure that those types of things you know don't happen again, and and for me it was really thinking about the spaces in which I exist, which is in human resources and being someone like my my, my voice, especially as a as a as a male you know black male a father you know of, of of color you know having having a voice and you know ensuring that you know I'm doing making a difference and making a, a meaningful difference and uh, you know there's the altruistic piece, but then there's also you know a benefit with just get, gaining new skills, uh, yeah, you know. I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the director of finance, right? And I have financial background, but just being able to manage that, you know, marketing, uh, helping to navigate an organization in a microcosm, you know, gives you some really interesting skills that you wouldn't have otherwise. But then also building your network, and I would say, in, indirectly, the role that I have now um, with my new organization came about through, you know, in, in, indirectly because of the work that I've done. You know, I, I have a, 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 a pronounced, I have, I have a brand on social media. I share what, what I do with others. And uh, an old coworker from Webster reached out to me to check in, see how I was doing and mentioned they had, you know, some roles. And one of her old coworkers was someone who I had on um, as, a, a, as a panelist on an event that I moderated. So there was these like, and then um, at that same organization, I had someone who I graduated with in my master's program. So there was this, this like, just just indirectly, not purposefully looking for it, but it just fell fell into place that this was an organization that I can see myself growing with and was going to be a part of my journey. So um, there is that 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 benefit there, and I would also just say in terms of just being a giver, you know, you get, you bring abundance into your life by being someone who. Who, who, who gives, who has an open hand, right? So I, I, I you know, certainly want to impart that on the viewers as well as, uh, you know, like you, you, you definitely can improve your career and, you know, get things that you're looking for uh, by being someone who is, you know, not, 
you know, purposely like just just being someone who's generous with your time and your energy. Well, I, I love how you're and, and I call it skills based volunteering. You're you're using your HR skills as part of the philanthropic work that you're doing, right? So and it's and it's something that you're really good at, right? Because you know, you know the HR space, you know how you can make an impact and you're able to do that. So I, I absolutely love that. So I appreciate you sharing that and I appreciate you know all the work that you're doing uh, you know not only um here in connecticut but you're having an impact across the country too so you know kudos to you kyle and, uh, thank, and you. Just thank, thank you for the work that you're doing so this is a fantastic discussion i always close with the same question with every guest kyle which is what is the one piece of advice that you'd give my listeners that's helped you reach your full potential so that one thing that's helped you be successful whether it be in the in the public or the private sector that one thing that you would share Sure. So, um, you know, I, w I would say, you know, as I mentioned, being a giver and, 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 and you know, someone who's who's genuine, right, in your intentions, not just to get something, but just being a giver. There's a great book by Adam Grant called uh, Give and Take that talks about that. <laughs> People who are givers tend to get more out of life. Uh, and, and I would also add, uh, just talk about, about EQ, uh, emotional intelligence. Uh, and, and really, the definition of that is just um, aligning your perception of yourself with how other, others view you. And as innovation increases, technology advances, uh, what's always going to remain and continue to be a key differentiator are individuals who, who are really strong in their EQ skills and they're able to navigate and manage themselves, know their triggers, have a, have a hold of that, and also be able to, to, to you know, build relationships and connect um, on a really human level. That will never go out of style, no matter how many advances that we have in, 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 in the world. So um, I, I uh, really, even more than ever, especially with technology and, and being, you know, virtual more often, that EQ skill, um, you know, must, is a, is a must have. Well said. So, so Kyle Wiley, th thank you so much for joining me on the Full Potential Podcast. Just absolutely fantastic uh, discussion. I love your journey. I love the advice. We're going to link to your LinkedIn profile in the show description, both on YouTube Great. and in the podcast. So people, can, if they want to get in touch with you, Kyle, they can find you on LinkedIn. You, you share a lot of content and I know you're always looking to connect with people. So thanks for making time, uh, taking time away from your family and your new job to, to join us on the show. Uh, thanks very much, Nick. It was a pleasure um, and thanks. And I um, you know, had a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Full Potential Podcast. If you'd like to hear more interviews, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. You can also connect with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to check out our website, fullpotentialmovement.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and be well.